If you hear that grating gay voice, you know it's time for Making Sparkles, a podcast about making the musicals Sparkle Pony Bear. What's up? <laughs> uh, I am your host, <clears throat> musical writer, music producer, writer, TC Crosser. This is where I would pause for applause. <laughs> Get it? Pause for applause. So, full disclosure, I had a full 60-minute episode, but it was all about me procrastinating. Um <clears throat> So although I do do this podcast for you, um, it's, it's more kind of just so I can kind of remember and put my thoughts down. And so I went on this ramble about how I didn't want to work on anything yesterday. <laughs> and I was, I almost posted it, but then usually what I'll do is I'll, I'll put it, um, so my typical workflow, I'm usually working on a lot of different songs, some for other people, some for myself, you know, I still have to pay the rent. Um, and so usually I'll throw everything in a folder in my Google Drive, <laughs> name drop, uh, and and then I'll take my nice long uh, pot joint and cigarette break. <clears throat> where I just kind of walk around Hell's Kitchen, smoking my joint. I hope no cops be watching this. Um, and then and then I'll listen to everything. And so I was listening to all the songs I'd worked on, all the bounces. I'll take mental notes, like, oh, I have to adjust the EQ on that, or I got to fix this. Uh, and so the podcast is in there, and I started listening to it. I was like, oh, hell no. No, 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 no. We, we're, we're not doing that. So full disclosure, I don't really know what we're going to talk about yet. Um, usually when I do these, I break them up. Right, so into trunks. So, so this is the early morning. I just had my coffee. I'm waking up, and I'm in the throes of re-recording this. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> for all five of you that are listening, okay. Um, what's happening in the news? Uh, well, it's a crazy election cycle. Don't need to hear about that. Um, there's two really cool musical theater podcasts that I've become addicted to. Uh, one of them is called Booked It. Um, and I don't have any printout on information on these people. So, um, I, I use, I use an app. I'm pulling up my app on my phone. This is so horrible. Oh, so horrible. Um, but I, I have a podcasting app on my iPhone. So any podcasting app you can search. But the first one is Booked It. 
And it's a musical director that basically makes fun of all the rando social media posts that use like hashtag blessed um, from the theater community. So you know this is all just actors. Actors just posting about how I can't tell you what's happening, but just know I'm so excited to share this with you. Um, and it, it's just it's a delightful romp. Um, the other one, and so booked it, exclamation point, search it on your podcast thingy. I'm so high tech. Uh, (laughs) And then the other one I really liked was Broad Wasted. And because I tried to look it up the first time when I was stoned, I got it wrong. So because many of you may be in the same state I'm in, um, it's Broad Way W-A-Y-S-T-E-D. Let's try that again. B R O A D W A Y S T E D. (laughs) It's one of those mornings. I usually don't record these in the morning because I'm so, my brain's just like, you know how it is, especially if you're creative. You've, You've woken up you've had all these crazy dreams and now your brain just like a swirling chemical cocktail of, of not fun mixed with a little bit of a lane stretch. Um, yeah. So I've been enjoying those two podcasts. I've been trying to work on my social media presence. I've been trying to tweet more. Um, I got made fun of earlier because they're like, you're not tweeting, you're just liking other people's posts. That doesn't count. And I was like, oh, fuck, okay, I'll try. Um, I've had run-ins with internet trolls lately. Um, Not not that anyone would take the time to actually say anything bad about me, but I get really fucking pissed off about this. uh, They follow you on like social media. Like let's just use Instagram. Instagram's much better because that's what it is. So they'll follow you on Instagram and like a bunch of your photos. So you you feel inclined um, to do this, to reciprocate. And so then you follow them. But then like a month goes by and because you're con- if you're conceited and horrible person like me, I want to know if they're still following me. And then I see they're not following me anymore. It's like they got some uh <clears throat> it's like they got some algorithm or something that's rolling around where it like trolls you to get you to follow and then once it you follow it unfollow. I don't I don't know how it works, but I don't like it. And and I spent a really exorbitant amount of time going through every single person I'm following to make sure that and they they kind of went into two categories three there were three three that's right sorry there were three categories for determining who to unfollow on my Instagram um first category is are they just really really famous people that I enjoy watching well then I'm gonna keep that because there's no way they would follow me I mean that that would be a scandal if they followed my Instagram, Jesus. Um, the the second category is, are they following me? <laughs> so just regular people, right? Or people that like have like, like if you have under 10,000 followers, 
then then you you have the energy to follow me. If you have over ten thousand, then then you're clearly out of my league. So yeah, and then <laughs> other categories, just people that I know that are socially inept that don't follow me because they just don't know how to. <laughs> I'm not making this up. Um, what else happened? Oh, uh, found out that my grandmother is way more racist than I thought. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, 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 she's a cowgirl. Um, and actually, this brings up an excellent time. I'm gonna do something today called story time. Oh my god, I feel like I'm Garrison Keeler. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Um, so my grandmother um, was, was like my best friend growing up. Um, I'm the oldest of six kids. I grew up in rural Iowa, Mason City High School represent. Um, I, I've alluded to, because of the musical, this is where it all ties in, Sparkle Pony Bear. Um, didn't have the greatest childhood. It was, it was definitely, it was very complicated. Um, but my grandmother is this cowgirl, cow, I wanted to say cowgirl, and then I was like, I need to be gender neutral, but um, she's just this Western, libertarian, renegade, powerful woman. Um, she just, how do I describe it? Everyone used to call her Grandma Bean, and she spent most of her adult life after her daughters and son, my aunt and uncle and my mother, after they grew up, she kind of packed up everything and basically moved to Arizona and started selling leather clothing that she made by hand. She's the type of woman where she would take all of her horses in a trailer and then do a cattle drive all the way from like North Dakota all the way down to Texas. And she would do this like twice a year and she still does it. <laughs> she's the type of woman where you're sitting there with her. She's drinking a beer and she's got a shotgun at her side and she's in a remote location in the middle of nowhere, desert, Arizona. And she's hysterical. Super thick Norwegian accent, you know, ofta or the other day. Um, and she just was always remarkable. She's one of those bohemian renaissance artists that, like, she's a brilliant painter. Um, she tinkers around. She does clothing. And what's even more ironic is a lot of the clothing she sells is very popular in, like, gay rodeos. Because um, the gays love leather. <laughs> So, so I was always conflicted because my grandmother loves the gays, absolutely adores the gays, um, she's super libertarian, but lately, um, 
so she's never been tech savvy, but now she's kind of gotten onto Facebook. When she first got on Facebook, she didn't understand the concept of comments and messages. So she would post the comment to someone else's post as a regular Facebook wall post on either their account or her own. So you would spend a better part of your day trying to figure out who she was talking to. Um, but lately, because of the whole Trump situation, there's just some real racist... Uh, it started, like, undertones, right? Where she was just very, like, pro-military, support the troops. Um, she hates the Clintons. But, you know, libertarian. But now it's gotten to the point where she has one post yesterday where... She's like, Sharia law should never be allowed in this country. And then she linked this really horrific, like, Brett Bart-inspired video about how the Muslims are invading our country and imposing Sharia law and forcing us to recognize the state of Islam and that ISIS is coming. <laughs> And you look at her Facebook now, and that's all she's posting. Pro-Trump, um, anti-Islamic, uh, anti-urban uh, cities. Like, she's just, she's gone round the bend. Um, and, and so I think yesterday with her posting about Sharia law, it all just kind of came to a head. <laughs> and, and I don't know how to respond. I don't know how to communicate with her to explain to her that these are insightful comments that people want to read. These are racist, bigoted, Islamophobic posts that have no merit and in no way should ever be posted on social media. Like she's become one of those people that we unfriend, those people that we talk about as these hick tea party movement motherfuckers that are like, don't you dare take my Medicare, but let's ab abolish Obamacare, which is kind of like, well, that's a bit of an oxymoron if you think about it. But <laughs> so we're going to compound that with, um, so because of the, so that's the story of my grandmother. Um, and this is all kind of coming out a bit rambly, but this is for me, so I don't care. Um, because again, Sparkle Pony Bear, the musical slash concept album slash project, um, which is still well underway, a lot of it is about dissecting both the relationship with Sparkle Pony Bear, the abusive ex, but also mirroring that with my experiences as growing up as a child. Um, and so it is really sad to see such a strong, amazing woman that had such a, an amazing impact on my life. I mean, she, she at her core is this traveling nomadic renaissance person. And, and I always took that to heart. It, it's what gave me the courage and the strength to run away to do my own thing, to, you know, maybe not the most mature of responses, but I did it in my way. Um, I did it my way. Um, 
But I'm going to couple that with another story that happened yesterday and why this entire podcast has come off the rails. Um, I never had a great relationship with my siblings. I'm the oldest of six. Um, because I was the odd child out. Um, I'm the oldest. Uh, my father left my mother before I was born um, and then just kind of disappeared. He, he's... He, you know, it took years, but the man was just an irresponsible douche. Um, you know, his, his core, his core was, I'm going to have my family clean up and cover up this mistake, which was me being conceived. So they just threw a bunch of money at the problem. My mother, not the the most financially savvy human being. And I, I, I see where I get a lot of traits from her, especially with finance, um, kind of squandered all of that money. And, and her excuse was always, I needed that money to live. Later on, I find out that like the banker that she was getting to take the money out got fired by the bank for doing it. And there was this whole controversy as to why they were taking the money out for her when it was supposed to be a trust fund for me. Like, super, super complicated. Like, super, super dense issues. Um, but then even growing up, my mom married two other men who had kids with her. And so it was always just this kind of odd man out. I, I just didn't really fit in. I didn't belong my mother's approach to me was very different than her approach to my siblings. I was kind of, I was the practice girl before prom. You compound that with a lot of other emotional issues, which I dive deeper into with Sparkle Pony Bear. I'm just not 100% comfortable discussing that right now. I'd rather, like, seal kiss from the rose from a grave. <laughs> I, I would rather leave it up to a little bit more interpretation. But um, because of this fact, and because I left as soon as I could at 18, and I kind of went off and did the Navy, and then I was a jazz pianist in New Orleans, and then I was homeless, and I was a drug, I lived an entire life not even thinking about my biological family. And I think part of the problem with that is any, I, I've talked to other parents, and I've talked to other people who've always been dumbfounded by the life I lived. Because they're like, well, if you were my child, I would have moved heaven, hell, and earth to find you, to find out what's happening. You know, it's kind of like, it's very easy for my family to use the mistake, to use the excuse, oh, well, he was never around. Whereas, yeah, but I was a kid. It's your job to look out for me, to take care of me. Um... You, you can't just let me be. Like, you have to have some sort of involvement. Um, so, is, yeah. So, so, my, so, four of my five siblings are super... Well, all five of my siblings are super close with each other. They talk to each other they're, every day. They're on Facebook. For me, it's like, my sister Kirsten fucking lives in New York City, and... I've tried for two months to have lunch with her. <laughs> and every time it gets canceled, she's busy. I don't know what's happening. So I see her on Facebook the same time I'm seeing these crazy posts from my grandmother regarding Sharia law. 
<laughs> I'm seeing all, I'm seeing four since the fifth, Kennedy is still like 16. Four of them have gone off to get matching tattoos to show the love for their siblings. And what they did was they, they tattooed five triangles and each one denoting who's the oldest um, from left to right. Well, there's two major issues. First one is, um, obviously Kennedy can't get the tattoo because she's a minor, um, but all four of them did. And so first issue, no one ever told me about this. No one said, oh, let's all get matching tattoos. And then the second issue is there's five slots, but there's six of us. I've completely been written out of the history of my family. <laughs> I, and I don't know. I mean, I know it stems from a lot of the issues that I've had with my mother and why I don't want to impose that upon my siblings. But, and I was no saint and I did horrific things as a child. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of devastating to be like, oh, okay, <laughs> you're not even going to add a six, like, triangle just to, you know, and then, like, because of my OCD brain, I'm like, so when you're at a party and someone sees the, and it's pretty gaudy, but, like, they see this huge gaudy tattoo on your arm, you, like, you say, oh, it's, it represents all of my siblings, but by default, you're either going to just pretend I don't exist, and that's why there's not a six triangle, or <laughs> you're going to have to give this long story. Oh, technically, there's six of us, but I'm not close to Tyler, so he doesn't count. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like it's just a lose-lose situation. Um, and so, so I would err on the side of caution that they're just going to pretend I don't exist. Um, and that's why I couldn't get anything done yesterday. That's why I was procrastinating. Um, and then today, now I'm finally doing the podcast and I'm trying to kind of explain myself a little bit. And also I'm trying to unpack this. This is kind of a dense arena um, that definitely does play in to the show, especially with the second number and that is the conclusion of story time fuck it ah. <laughs> well that was kind of an abrupt cliffhanger but i needed a break okay so we're at about 20 minutes into this rambly podcast um so yeah, so let's get into what I have so far for song number two. So before we look at song number one, and because I love place fillers, um, I'm just gonna throw in the first song we did. And again, this is the very rough demo of the first song for Sparkle Pony Bear, sung by Roy Flores. So again, rough demo, but here it is.
what you do best We both knew that this was over I'm just leaving first We're done I'm not sorry Don't care what tomorrow brings and I jump right in. So because I'm altering the way I'm writing this, because it's still a musical, but I'm treating it like a concept album because that's that's my wheelhouse, right? That's what I'm best at. Or at least I'd like to think so. <laughs> yeah, except for being in the band Echo Revolution. Oh, that was... Those are some days. Anyway... Um, so with studio albums, what I like to do is I never like to 
fully complete a song. Um, I save that for the, I like, I like it. I'm trying to figure out how to describe this. Um, it's like a Navajo quilt. There's always going to be an imperfection. Um, and so my method is I don't like to have anything a hundred percent complete. That's part of a whole because like procrastination, what I was talking about in an episode you'll never hear. <laughs> um, if I fully complete something and I still have to get onto the next, um, it's very difficult to change gears for that. But if I still have like, usually my rule is 75 to 80%, but I have 75 to 80% of something dong, and then I start on the next set or the next song, um, it's an easier transition because everything ends up kind of bubbling and finalizing to the top at the same time. I also do this so I can ensure continuity from a musical standpoint, from musicology, right? So I, like, this is the opening song. This is the opening anthem. And it also, in the chronological timeline, is the very late, like, the the latest point it's the end point so he so when sparkle sings a song he's singing it from the perspective of the end of the relationship but we're throwing that in at the beginning because i'm trying to kind of treat this as like a thesis statement to kind of explore this character you're about to embark on but i wanted to give a little bit more emotional context and weight um, so like off the top of my head, just listening to that, it's like, because I refined my piano sounds, um, the piano doesn't come out as sharply, uh, because I mixed this on my headphones before I had my Rocket 5 studio monitors, Red Rocket, Red Rocket, um, which allowed me, and you can see photos on Instagram of my new studio monitor speakers because I'm very proud of myself. I built parabolic stands for the monitors so I didn't have to pay that for them online. I could go into more detail, but you'll have to message me for those details. <laughs> it's a very arduous but fun process. Um, so there's that, right? I have to remaster. Um, the vocals are very rough because he was singing very different sections than what I finally decided on. And I kind of like that format. I like that. But usually you're going to want a final pass of the vocals. So, so there's already a lot of work, right? So this is 75% done. Um, but also with Roy, I didn't want him to just come in to record this song because then it would kind of like go geared towards that final mark on the song. So what I instead did was reached out to Roy and was like, all right, we need to re-record these vocals so I can remix and master. But I also in tandem want to record snippets of the second song. And the reason it's snippets is I'm not done writing it because I don't know what I want to do. So the second song uh, in the show is actually a duet um, because I take you all the way to the end of the relationship. The second song takes you all the way back to the very beginning of the relationship. But then I add 
and turn it into a duet to make it in context to the show. So the duet is from the perspective of my mother and through the perspective of Sparkle Pony Bear. And what they're both singing about is how they've gotten themselves into this situation. It's not what they asked for, but for, for whatever reason, there's a sense of excitement. There's a sense of a do-over. Um, so the song is aptly titled, My Happy Accident. Because <laughs> I just have to, you know, make it complicated. <clears throat> so that's the idea for the second song. All right. It's a duet. It's about my mother when she first finds out she's pregnant with me. And at the same time, it's about my ex who, after the first night that he met me. Um, so... <laughs> Heavy, but I mean, if sass, you know, Stephen Sondheim can fucking write assassins. I can write a song like this. So, so what I start with is I take a look at the very first song and the instrumentation I'm doing there. Um, not that that instrumentation's final, but it's a really good kind of template so that as I write these songs, there's nothing that's like wildly out of the realm. So I started exploring with the keyboard sound that has that kind of delayed pulse to it. And so I kind of started with just rolling on that theme. And it just it sounds like this. And I know, right? It's so catchy. <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> so you kind of hear that pulsing in the first song. So what I did was I augmented it. And so I just kind of kept on this A note, just very simple, bass A. Um, but I changed the time signature to 6-4. I kind of like this one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two. So, and really what it, when I get all music nerd out on it, it's really just three, two measures of three, four. But if it's two measures of three, four, it's one, two, three, one, two, three. Where instead I want it to go one, two, three, four, five, six, one. So it, it elongates and gives it a little bit more of a kind of angsty drive to it. And that's for the verse section. So then I kind of take that and I build on it because I'm a mathlete. So then I start kind of building out these chords. But the chords appear, the chord change hits halfway through the measure. Um, and the best way to show it is just by for you to hear it. So then, so then this is me monkeying with that part. So you kind of hear that <clears throat> that driving beat, but shifting the chord changes halfway through the measure gives it an added, it just gives it kind of an oomph. Um, also, the chords I'm choosing, simple chords, because that's how you start, um, have a little bit more of an uplifting feeling to them. Uh, the first song <laughs> is a little melodramatic. So... I wanted to incorporate, because both 
my mother and my ex, you know, they had, they both had the opportunity to abort me. <laughs> Got it. Um, so, so they both had the opportunity to not go through with this. They, they both made a conscious decision to do this. Um, so I wanted that. I wanted a little bit more uplifting. I wanted it more exciting. Um, I also wanted to kind of, kind of really map that out. So, so that's all I had for the verses. But I really, I really couldn't get a good narrative feel out of it. Um, just because everything's such an elongated thing, it really opens the 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 verse melody to be up to interpretation so i kind of just left that on the back burner and then i just focused really heavily on the chorus because i was like if i find a way of using the chorus to get my message across then i can go back and fill out the verses and kind of be a little bit more anecdotal and explain things so this is, and I'm just going to throw it out there. So, so incorporating this kind of driving beat um, with the pulsating bum, 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 bum. And then also having a piano kind of inflicting us with the chords um, very quickly, and that's why I'm not breaking this out, very quickly I came up with the chord structure and the undercurrent for the chorus and the bridge. So, so once I built that out, um, I'm just going to play it. It's going to be chorus, bridge, chorus, um, because I always start with a very generic template for my songs before I completely gut them. So it will be. So it always starts out verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, end, and that's just for my own ears and for when I'm first working with any of the talent involved in the collaborative process. This is not indicative of what you'll finally hear, which I haven't done yet, but so here's the chorus bridge chorus. pretty concatenated. Um, the choruses are actually a lot longer, but but I just kind of wanted to give you the meat and potatoes since I don't, I'm not sharing the melody with you. So so how I operate in bringing this full circle round to my kind of end of the day routine. So I took these snippets and I put them on my Google Drive and I went on my stoner 
vision quest walk where all I'm doing is chain smoking cigarettes and smoking joints and just walking all around Hell's Kitchen. Um, just kind of, it's just always been my way. Um, so, so now I'm trying to figure out lyrics, right? And I'm not going to worry about the verses because I realize the verses are going to be more anecdotal, so I can hold off on that. So I, so the three major components I kept hearing in my head was my happy accident, and then who will save us now, and then I kind of put us in parentheses with an arrow going or me <laughs> and then the third thing was like round and round we go so I just kind of heard this like because there's a it's like a round right because you have it in six four time and then the chorus jumps into four four time you kind of have this cool kind of like the struggle is real but we're doing it moment um so then from that I kind of built out an actual melody line. So, you know, I spend the night writing out lyric lines, writing out notes, um, and then in the morning, I go back to the notes for the lyrics, the actual chorus lyrics and bridge lyrics I wrote, and I start to map it to um, a melody line. So before I share the lyrics, um, so this is the full melody line and instrumentation, chorus, bridge, chorus. Um, and so that's right here. This melody line is the final melody line. I don't, I don't have the iterations, because <laughs> it took Mama a long time to get here. But the theme you keep hearing is because, so I'm in six four time. I switch right away into four four time. So I wanted to kind of 
mess with it, right? So in the chords, you kind of hear I'm kind of playing on some of these diminished chord sets. And that's where you kind of hear that little, like, that grind, like... Because um, I'm just trying to add a little bit of flavor. Um, also, I was listening to a shit ton of Amy Mann, because I love Amy Mann. So I kept hearing this... Do, 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 do. But because I'm transitioning from 6 4 to 4 4, I'm playing on that, right? So that do, 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 sound like a gay Kermit the Frog, um, isn't on the measure beat one. It's actually off. So everything, so although the chords are hitting in that 4 4 time section, the melody line, as you can hear, actually kind of floats around it and kind of futzes with it. And it's got that do, 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 do. Um, so I was kind of playing on that. And so, so the lyrics I came up with, and again, we'll explain why this hasn't been recorded yet. Uh, but yeah, so the first chorus is, I won't say no, not nearly enough. You're my happy accident. Section two chorus. And though the road ahead is long and I don't know the answer to, who will save us now? And then section three, round and round we go. And section four, you're my happy accident. And that's the chorus. It's a chorus in a nutshell. Um, there's really nothing else to it. I think it conveys the message. Again, these lyrics will change once we get them recorded because I'm never 100% satisfied with anything in my life. Ask my exes. Um, and then the bridge, I kind of come in because the bridge becomes more just in a piano, kind of like because it's that little section that's like the respite between all the verses and all the chorus. You need that. So the bridge is, who will save us now? And though the road ahead is long, and I don't know the answer to my happy accident, round and round. So, so I'm still playing on the chorus. So, so the chorus, I'm really kind of like entrenched in this, conveying this message that I didn't ask for this, but I'm going with it. And, and that doesn't mean I'm against it. It's just, it's not, it's not the ideal circumstances I was planning on for my ex Sparkle Pony Bear, he was going through all of these turbulent emotional shifts and trying to figure stuff out. And he always kind of envisioned that prior to meeting me, this was his chance to kind of be rompous and provocative or promiscuous and just be a slut. And for my mother, you know, she was like 18, 19 when she had me. You know, she was in a place where she was like, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get away from my family. I'm going to do it on my own. And then she got, you know, she got pregnant. She conceived me. So, so these are, these are the messages I'm trying to convey in that. So the next logical step that you're going to ask is, well, what's next? So now that I have this much, I have I have to re-record the vocals to clean everything up on the first song. And now I at least have a chorus bridge, chorus section of the second song. I go ahead in finale. I write out the chorus bridge chorus with all the lyrics and the melody lines, make it all nice and pretty. And I ship that all and I send it to Roy Flores. And I'm like, all right, 
So two homework assignments. We're going to work on re-recording these vocals, and I need you to record vocals on this upcoming song. So what you'll notice right away is I'm not mentioning the person playing my mother. Uh, and that's because in order for this to work, I, I want to be able to reach out and record the female vocalist who, let's be honest, will probably be Leah Olson because she's the most amazing singer ever um, playing my mother, which is going to be interesting. Um, I don't want to bring her into the fold until Roy has a chance to kind of put his own stamp on it. Um, I think it's only fair, and I think it's a little bit easier for me to make a priority like that. So, so Rory will record the very dense chorus, and then from that, and bridge, from that I'm going to break that out and kind of see what of those sides the, the, the person portraying the mother would sing. So, so there is a whole other process that happens, but it's going to start with Roy recording. But Roy is a busy man. <laughs> and so what we were supposed to record this week got pushed to next week because he's busy and that's aggravating. And then also because I'm going away this weekend because... Mommy's gotten the taste of vacation, and now mommy gonna take vacation as much as humanly possible because that was pretty fucking fracking awesome. Battlestar Galactica! One, two, three, four. Leave me when I say it's not the end 
For listening, everybody. This has been our first EP. <laughs> yeah, you may be listening. What? <laughs> so I was just going through some of my old files. That is the very first arrangement of a song from the musical and the infinite that I wrote with the amazing Andrew Andy Kushner on guitar and vocals. I just I just heard it and I was like, oh I remember recording that. <laughs> so I just throw it in because I, I can. Um so we're at like the 52 minute mark. Um so I just want to kind of wrap things up. So Part of the procrastination is also that as you're creating, and I've kind of kvetched about before, um, you're going to come to stops along the way. And it's because you're waiting on talent. You know, everyone's busy. Everyone's got their own schedule. So I, I'm a little bit vexed because I got all this stuff in the gate, and now I'm just waiting for the children to come back to me. So we can work on it. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. So so as far as Sparkle Pony Bear, I'm waiting for Roy Flores. As far as Anne the Infinite, um, I've got the amazing Leanne Bergazi, who's currently looking at some of the songs, and she's gonna work with me to record some stuff. So everything is in a state of ready for the next phase but on hold until the talent and the collaborators are ready to take that leap with me um and i think in the past and even as much as like a couple weeks ago i get very antsy about that i'm like motherfuckers i spent months like you just need to show up and Again, this is the moment just for myself where I remind myself everyone's got their own schedules. Everyone has their own level of oomph into wanting to do it in the first place. Uh, So yeah, so that's where I'm at. I got to share a lot of really cool, fun stuff. Um, If you've made it to this point in the podcast, you can find me on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, hey, all with the username TC Crosser. That's T-C-C-R-O-S-S-E-R. Just like it sounds, um, no spaces, no hyphenates, that's it. Um, so please... If you're hearing this, you've gotten to this point, just message me. Tell me what you like, what you don't like. Trust me, for all five of you listening, I will respond. <laughs> um, if you message me after 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 
Please note that I will probably be stoned, which means the response you're going to get will be a little bit different than if you message me during the day. Um, I'm also using this to any actors, any that's both male or female, gender neutral, anyone that sings, anyone that acts, anyone that's listened to what they have, I have so far, and they're like, I want to audition. I want to work with you. Please do it. I am the most collaborative, crazy person known to man, and I am only as good as the talent I have the pleasure of working with. I'm constantly looking for new talent. I'm constantly revising and retooling my thought processes. So, so I encourage you. Um, email address is even weirder. Uh, it's TC Crosser, just like everything else, at R-O-A-R-Q dot com. That's Rourke, R-O-A-R-Q dot com. So it's T-C-C-R-O-S-S-E-R at R-O-A-R-Q dot com. That's my direct email address. Um, that's actually my company, my production company I have called Rourke Media Endeavors. Um, I think once some of my bastard children projects get up to a certain level. Um, I'll have a little bit more time where I can kind of dive into creating a production company, the pros and cons, um, setting that up to protect yourself, but also to allow for growth, um, to have budgets and, and do other things outside of that scope. I'll explain that later. Don't worry about it right now. But Again, all talent are highly encouraged to reach out to me, um, even if you just want me to go over your demos and be like, hey, what would a writer director think if they saw this? And I'll give you an honest critique, and free of charge, of course. <laughs> but no, because I, I, I enjoy that. I, I enjoy exploring new talent and also giving feedback and going, all right, these songs are great, but this song maybe you don't want to include that, or you know, vice versa. So that's it, kids. Let's fuck this bitch. Uh, everyone have a lovely rest of your week. Um, I don't know when I'll record the next one, but this is this has been a journey. We're getting closer. I wanted to peek out to episode 13 to make my baker's dozen. Um, after I get to that, I'm still going to be doing the podcast. I just don't know if the format will change or if it's still just going to be me rambling or not. <laughs> and maybe you'll get a fucking guest at some point when I have the energy. <laughs> All right. Have a good one. Keep it crispy, crispy taco.